0: How awesome is this place? Where was it that Jacob became awestruck? So, harayim tovim. If you've had, if you've eaten lunch, I hope that gave you a break and you're uh, ready to go. Uh, the first thing I'll say is that, well, we're still in intro mood. Um, just as an introduction. I have, I have, my son, you know, we all learn, we all learn the technology from our children. So my son pointed out this uh, neat Trello thing, uh, which has all of the Makarot on it, and I'm going to be using to, um, to scroll through as we, uh, as we learn together. If you have a Tanakh and you have the payment Makarot, you have pretty much everything, but not quite. Um, but if you want to access this, if you have a a device, either a laptop or a tablet or a smartphone, so on the second page, on the back page of this of the sheet, at the very bottom, it has a tiny URL. It's wwwtinyurlcom Burger one So if you uh, if you go there, you will be able to uh, to access all of this, and of course, what that means is that even after the Shi'ur, if you want to review, you want to look at the uh, Mekharot, uh, you want to see some of the neat tools that, uh, that I found that, I, that are included here. So uh, you can also go that, that's to the best of my knowledge a permanent link, and it should be there when you get home as well. So with that introduction, I'm uh, Rav Uh This is uh, my first opportunity, I've been coor- uh, this year I coordinated the English language Urim in the course of the Yun. Uh, so if uh, you have been enjoying them and can, will continue to enjoy them, I played some small role in making them happen. Thank you. One of the other things that I do, this is 50 years to Yeshivat HaRatzion, and we were encouraged to say something about it. For the last 12 or 13 years, I have been taking the Talmidim of Yeshivat HaRatzion, to Poland, uh, Pesach time, right before Pesach during uh, uh, the, the Nissan break um, and we t- invariably we go with about 30-35 Talmidim, a few parents to Ramim and uh, we get to experience some Limud Torah and uh, something of uh, understanding where much of the world of Ashkenaz came from by being in situ in, in, in the place where, they, where the things happened. And uh, one of the places I don't get to every year, but one of the places I get to is a Beit Knesset in a city called Dambier. And uh, I'd like to show you, briefly, um, uh, one of the things that we have there. Someone uh, thoughtfully put up pictures of this this place uh, on the internet. And uh, this is a... uh, uh, you're driving along the road and you see a building and the building uh, might be reminiscent on some level of Beit Knesset. Does it look like Beit Knesset? No, not necessarily. Um, here, okay, here we get a different view, uh, maybe perhaps a little bit more. Um, in the middle you actually see what really was where the Aron Kodesh was. Um, and uh, in general, when I take the Talmudim, So one of the things that I really try to do is make sure that we don't daven in the hotel in the morning, but that we find a Beit Knesset to daven in, uh, or a Beit Midrash to learn in. And we talk about how there are communities of people who devoted their lives to building these Batei Knesset and Batei Midrash, and those communities aren't there anymore. And if we can come, even for a few minutes, and revive that Beit Knesset, and make that Beit Knesset a Makom Kadosh yet again through our tefilot and our learning. That's a very powerful thing. So this particular Beit Knesset, which you're getting a few views from the outside, this is what it looks like now inside. It's been turned into under, under Soviet rule. It was turned into a uh, an apartment building, and then we go upstairs, and we go upstairs usually to daven mincha. And this is the, uh, the upstairs. This is the, the attic that you see upstairs. There's one corner. And then, let's see if we can make this big in this. Um, this is the scene that uh, we dove in towards as we uh, may have made our way upstairs. Um, it's one of the simanim that indicates that this particular place, which today is an apartment building, once upon a time was a beautiful Beit Knesset. And we, daven Mincha, standing there looking at the uh, scene on the wall, knowing that we are hanging in the middle of the, uh, of the area of the air of the Beit Knesset. No one stood that high up when the Beit Knesset was operating. And we stand there and we look at this shul. And the shul says, what, what, what words re, um, remain from the decorations of the Beit Knesset in Dambier? <laughs> Ma norah ha-makom hazeh, Beit Elohim. And it is truly an awesome place, an awful place perhaps. But it certainly is a place that evokes the sense that of a community that was here that was destroyed um, and we're going to use this as a uh, as a springboard to talk about the first person who discovers the Kaddish Baruch in a particular place and says Ma no akom hazeh? and we're going to try to think about what his experience was and then if we're successful we'll go back and perhaps try to um, think about how that impacts on the community that, uh, that was here as well. What I hope to do in the next hour or so is, first of all, go to those psukim, uh, try to learn pshat the way we did when we all did when we were in elementary school. Uh, I hope that we'll introduce you to a few uh, really, really neat uh, tools for learning and teaching. And uh, by the time we're done, I hope that we even, perhaps, we will say Kiddush on Shabbos morning better. That's a lot to do in an hour, right? So uh, again, we're, we're going to start with uh, a psukim. Uh, we're going to start with those psukim at the beginning of Parshat Vayetze, uh, breishit, um 28, 10 to 22, or Kafchet Yud through Yudbet through Chafbet. All right. We'll try to stick to English. If I ever, if I ever say Hebrew words and and someone is not clear, just uh, raise your hands. So. Um, here, the tool that we're using here is safariyah. if you're not familiar with it, you should be, we'll be uh, uh, making use of it here and you'll see how the, the, the power of the tool as far as moving back and forth between um, um, t- between texts. So here, let's just see the parasha, again, um, I, I trust you have tanachim in, in, in front of you, if not, you can look at the board, which sefariyah thoughtfully, Includes a, I think it's the early JPS translation. Um, Do I need to translate the psukim into into English? Yes. Okay. Um, The psukim are parakafchet. That is, it's the very beginning of Parashat Vayetze, Breishit, um, Breishit um, 28, and we're starting with pasuk yud, um, verse 10. You'll recall that in the previous parasha, uh, Yaakov was commanded by his father to go to Haran because it was time to get married. Um, He was also uh, advised by his mother to go to Haran because his brother wanted to kill him. So he has good reasons to travel. So Jacob left 'er and set out for Haran. So he came to a certain place and he stopped there for the night. Uh, He took one of the stones of that place and put it under his head and lay down. And he has that dream. In his dream, the ladder is going up to heaven and there are angels going up and down. God stands before him and says, I am the God of your fathers, of Avraham and Yitzhak. The land that you are lying on, I will give it to you and to your children. Um, your children will, will, descend, will be as the dust of the earth in a positive sense. There will be many of them. You'll spread out in all directions and all of the families of the earth will be, uh, will be blessed themselves by you and your descendants. And I will be with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. And you're going to Haran, but don't worry. You're going to come back. I promise I'm with you until my promise to you has been fulfilled. Yaakov wakes up and he says, and this is the passage we referred to before God is in this place, and I didn't realize that. He recognized how awesome is this place. This is the place, the the, the the house of God and the gateway to heaven. We're going to read a little bit more. When he gets up in the morning, he sets up a some kind of an altar, pours oil on it. Um, And he gave a name to a place previously was called Luz and now is called Beit El So now I have a very 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 difficult question for you Where did this happen? Luz Okay, we'll take Luz as a possible answer or or Beit El when I was in third grade, we learned this. And immediately after learning the Pesukim, um, our teacher uh, pointed out that uh, if you want to understand Pshat and Chumash, you have to read Rashi. Um, here, um, you can actually click through. And using safariya you can just click on the pasuk, and you get a choice of Mifarshim. So here I clicked through and got Rashi. And Rashi says, "Va'yivgab ba'makom." It's on your. The Rashi's are on your on your sheets. If you'd prefer to look down, "Lo hizkir hakatuv be'ezem makom, ella ba'makom, hanizkar ba'makom achir, hu harhamoria, shene'marbo v'yaret hamakom mirachok." So Rashi, the first Rashi says, the word "ba'makom." That's the the Bet Patach, is the Hei Hayidi'ah. It refers to another place, the known place. What is the known place? HaRamariah, and the proof is that the word Hammakom appears there as well. Okay, that's, uh, that's one Rashi. But... Um, Rashi here does something very interesting. He quotes no less than three, I think actually four midrashim. We're not going to see all of them, um, in which explaining why this place had to be Har Hamoria, it had to be Rushalayim. Let's see another Rashi, which is also on your on your on the handouts. Ki im Elohim, amr b'shem ben zimra hasulam hazeh omed Sheva. V'emcah uh, Shippu'oh magi'ah k'nege'et B'yit HaMikdash, sh'va'ershev ha'umait b'droma sh'el Yehuda, v'yushalayim b'tzefona b'gvul sh'bain Yehuda'u b'nyamin. U'b'yit El ha'iya b'tzefon sh'el nachalat b'nyamin. In a second, we'll look at a map, although the map won't have all of the shvatim on it. But basically, if you take a look at the, um, again, at your handout, although we can click through that, I have this also. This actually is taken from an article by Rav Meidan, which is online. We'll cook through to it in a second. And this is the picture that my third grade teacher drew on the board. I remember very few things from third grade, but be, you know, the pictures you remember, which is why I put one here on the, on the sheet. Um, OK, so you have, you have here um, uh, a ladder going up. The bottom part being Be'er Sheva, where he left. The top part being Beit El, Luz. And in the middle you have Yerushalayim, and somehow that puts Yerushalayim on this in, in the center, which as Rashi points out, that the emtzah shi'puo, the the middle of the ladder, is keneged beit hamikdash. That is the place of the of the beit hamikdash of the temple. Um, he, qu- he quotes the Gemara that says, God says, this righteous man, this tzaddik has, ca- has passed by my, my, um, my hotel, the, my, the place where I stay. I should let him go without, without a good night's sleep. V'amru Yaakov, K'ra'a li Yerushalayim beit el, v'zo'luzhi, v'lo Yerushalayim. U'me heichan lamdu lo markein, Ani omar sh'neakar beit mahar ha ubalakan. Rashi quotes a Gemara that says that in order to make the place where Yaakov slept into Har HaMoriya, into the Makom HaMikdash, the Har HaMoriya was uprooted by God, by the Kadesh Baruch Hu, and brought to the place where Yaakov slept in order that um, that it should all work out. There's the Gemara in Chulin says that the Beit Hamikdash actually came and um, um, came towards Yaakov, and that's how we can explain this. Uh, Rashi quotes one more Midrash also about uh, all of Eretz Yisrael being um, uh, folded up and put underneath him, but it's clear that Rashi following Chazal worked very, very hard to move the place from where Yaakov Avinu says clearly this took place, and to make it happen elsewhere, or to make elsewhere happen there. Uh, as a third grader, I, my, you know, my teacher said that. So Rashi says it. So that's pshat, and we all nodded, and and that worked. Uh, but I think we all understand that that that's a very very difficult approach. Yes, I'm speaking for you. Um, so first of all, and again, we'll here we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll make use of this. Uh, um, of this online resource. So you should be aware that if you haven't visited hatanach.com. How many many of you have visited hatanach.com? Not enough. Okay, so so this is your introduction. Um, hatanach.com is an effort from Herzog College, as you see in the corner, and it is an unbelievably powerful tool that includes maps and articles, both in Hebrew and in English, Aside from the from from the psukim themselves, um, audio, vis, video, many of the Shurim that you wanted to go to today but you uh, weren't able to because you came to mine, so they av- they will be made available. It's worthwhile knowing that this exists and making making use of it, um, and you can you know, download and print these things for Shabbat reading, etc. So here, um, um, Rav Meidan, who is both one of the Rashi Yeshiva here in the Yeshiva, as well as, I think, uh, officially, the, the president of, of uh, Herzog College. Um, I don't know what exactly the title is, but he, he is um, in the administration here as well. Um, so he has an article on, on this very question. And I guess I should ask, the first question I should ask is, well, what drove Rashi, following Chazal, to move this, why did Yaakov need to be in Yerushalayim and not in Beit El? What was wrong with Beit El? Okay, so I'll say it the other way around. Um, if we continue in the uh, in the psukim themselves, so when we get to the end of the parsha, I went too far. Vayidar Yakov neder We are now in um, in, uh, 2820 in Breishit Kafchet twenty-eight twenty in Breishit. Vayidar neder This is after the dream. If God keeps His promise, that is to say, if He protects me, if He gives me food to eat and clothing to wear, vishavti vishalom el Beit and I will return safely to my father's house. We can discuss whether that's part of the uh, t'nai of the condition, or that's already the fulfillment. He announces at the end that this is going to be a house of God. And we would anticipate this being the very beginning of Sefer Breishit, and for a moment, let's pretend that we don't know how the story continues. Um, we would anticipate that this is going to be a central place of worship of the the the, the single God of Hashem Echad in future generations. This this is a, a very very significant moment when something is happening, and yet, as this young this this young man says. Um, the only time that anything of significance happens there, religiously, is when Yeravim ben Nevat. Remember Yeravim ben Nevot? Right? The split of the kingdom after Shlomo HaMalach after King Solomon, the northern kingdom splits from the Davidic dynasty. And the northern kingdom, we have Shnei Eglei Zahav. We have two golden calves, one in Dan in the north, and one in Beit El in the, in the southern part of that of that, um, uh, of, of that kingdom. And uh, Rav Maidan really points this out as the question. Again, I, I don't know if the, if the resolution is good enough for you to read it, but he argues that that is the, is the, the problem here that drives Chazal, that drives Rashi following the rabbinic sages to uh, insist that this really happened in Yerushalayim. Uh, Rav Maidan um, uh, deals with a couple of questions having to do with this. One thing he does is, we'll scroll down. This is where I took the the uh, um, the, the very neat picture from. Um, where uh, you see the angels going up and down. And now I, I made sure to put it on a different page so that you wouldn't be uh, um, uh, you wouldn't be taken by it beforehand. Hopefully you didn't cheat and look at the second page first. Rav Maidan actually suggests that a, a different approach. Um, <coughs> he suggests that the ladder that we all learned about in third grade was. Um, was uh, different than uh, different than uh, as was portrayed. He suggests that it was like the ladder. It wasn't like a fireman's ladder. It was like a ladder that we have at home with two legs. So, and he solves all kinds of problems with this. The um, now the malachim can be olim vi or dim without running into each other. You have to worry about those angels falling off if the earth gets too crowded. Um, and um, uh, so he has a number of different suggestions. On, on. uh, Also, um, the main, the main problem this really solves is that now the apex of the ladder is in fact in the Ma'om Hamikdash. So what we've done here is we are able to leave Yaakov Avinu in Beit El and yet connect him to the Ma'om Hamikdash through through the ladder. So now the apex is in Maqam HaMikdash, and even though Yaakov isn't actually sleeping there, nevertheless he is connected to it through the sulam that's in his dream. He has a couple of other suggestions on how this works, and again, you have ready access to the, to the article. Um, Rav Meydan in the first piece tries to uh, work this out according to, to the Rashi that we saw in Chazal, but he does have another suggestion as well. His other suggestion is that um, there's a Pasuk in, um, in Sefer Shoftim. Um, it's 20, parakaf psukim Kavav through, it's with Pasuk Kavav in Sefer Shoftim. We'll pull it up here on the screen, for those of you who can see that easily. Um, the, the end of Sefer Shoftim, and this isn't a year on Sefer Shoftim, so we won't go into great detail, uh, but you know, Shoftim had its ups and downs. And then when you get to the end of the book. It's really down. Um, again, it's 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 parakav and uh, one of the last stories is Pilegish is is uh, is Pilegish begiva, and a civil war that takes place between Shavud uh, Binyamin and the other tribes. And the other tribes are encouraged to punish Binyamin for what happened in Pilegish. The story of Pilegish begiva. If if you aren't familiar with it, it was just a bad story for for for, for our purposes. Um, and uh this is the third time they are coming to uh to get together to figure out how this how bin should be uh should be uh punished. And what we find over here is Israel uh, um, again they lost the second time everyone who fought against Binyamin came together beit they, el they they bring sacrifices and they say what do we do where did they come they came to beit el they didn't only bring sacrifices. ba'donai, aron At that time, the aron brit Hashem was in Beit El. Now, some of you probably know where it's, uh, it was in Shiloh. It wasn't in Beit El. We know that during tkufat ha-shoftim, until the very end, who, who do we meet at the end of Sefer Shoftim? We meet Shmuel, who is in Shiloh. He's sent by his his, his mother to Shiloh. I mean she goes, she, you know, the you know, praise in Shiloh. And Shiloh is the place where the Aron is. We have no record. where you talk about after Shiloh, it goes to Nov, it goes to Givon. But the Aron is in Shiloh. But the Psukim say clearly that it went to Beit El. If you look at the Mufarshim, the Mepharshim basically say that. El and Shiloh are so close together that um, um, they went to Shiloh. Um, here, well, let, let, let's try out Safaria and see if we can do that. Uh, we'll click on shim here. Uh, I think the Radak says that. Hmm. Vayavo um, Beit This isn't in your sheets. I'm sorry. We just did this off the cuff. Hanir Right. So, so we're, we're calling Beit El Shiloh. Rav Meidon says it's possible that there, the word Beit El, like we, we here we are, we, we are not far from Beit Lechem. There's more than one Beit Lechem. Right. Beit Lechem means a place where there's a general g- generous harvest. So there's Beit, there's Beit Lechem Yehuda, and then there's Beit Lechem in the Galil. Uh, he wants to suggest that maybe Beit El, uh, there's more than one Beit El, because many people discovered God in different places. Um, if you live in the United States, you know that in certain places, there are lots of Bethels and lots of Bethlehems also. Um, but we'll, we'll stick to Eretz Yisrael for our purposes right now. So, uh, for example, Avraham Avinu, spends time, Bain beit el, Ubain ha'ai. But that beit el is actually identified as a different beit el if it's near the eye. So uh, he suggested there might be a different one. And here, the, the beit el is close enough to, um, to, uh, to Shiloh that perhaps when Yaakov talks about a long-term beit Elohim, so it's a reference to Shiloh. Um, we, I just, um, you know, opened up my Google Maps and said, well, if I wanted to walk from, let's see, how do I make this smaller? Uh, I don't know how clearly you can see this, but I, I went to Google Maps and I said, let's say I wanted to walk from Be'er Shavah in the south to Shiloh in the north. So uh, first of all, you see, uh, you see the neat ladder, right? You remember the ladder that the Rav Meidan had? So you uh, imagine that with, uh, here's Chevron, here's Yerushalayim. There's Yerushalayim, so it's pretty much in the middle, a little bit further north, but Beit El and Shiloh, even today, are relatively close to each other, Um, so the suggestion Rav Meidan makes is that we can put them together. Okay, so that's the, um, um, that's pshat, that's the enhanced uh, third grade pshat. The, uh, we've changed our, our ladder a little bit. We've explained the need to uh, to um, move Beit El to Jerusalem. Uh, um, let's take this in a different in a different direction by raising pointing out a different issue in these psukim, Not the issue that Rav Meidan raised about well, is this really a Beit Elohim? But um, we're going to go back to our Psukim in. Uh, and you'll you, you remember that this is the, the beginning of Parshat Vayetzeh. We're going back to, the, to, to that again. Vayetzeh Yaqam Eber Shabbat. You remember that. But this time, we're going to look at it with a tool that I learned about just two days ago. Uh, that we On Monday, we had an English Pedagogy Day that was something new. And I learned about a tool called alhatorah.org. Uh, and I said, wow, this is really, really neat. So here we have the beginning, the same psukim and vayetze that we read before. And um, this is a, a, um, uh, a study lab, which allows you to do interesting things. So like if you look on the side over here, again, I'm sorry that the, I don't think the colors are clear enough for people to see, but um, they, basically this counts words. And it says, what is, you know how we all you know, studied about, about a leitmotif, milim manchot, a word that repeats enough times that it makes it sort of like step out and make you notice it? So here, the word that repeats the most times, apparently is makom. And if you just put your, your cursor over it, I didn't do anything special to make this happen. It just happens automatically. It'll happen on any word, right? If cop appears only only once. But Vayelech appears once. You see Vayelech and once, whoops, once Telech. Uh, this is really a powerful tool for people who, who want to play with me and. chot. Um, here we go, so I clicked on makom, and now all of the ha-makom, pop up. And it um, even counts it for you in case you have trouble doing that. It says that there are six of them here. And beyond that, it even gives you percentages. So for example, it says that um, it's, it, th- this word appears in this particular set of psukim 13 times more in, than it does in all of the rest of Sefer Brashit. In other words, hmm. 13 times more. With something standing out. And for that matter, it appears 23 times more in this ketta than it does any place else in a similar ketta in Tanakh. So this is a word that you're supposed to notice. Isn't this a neat tool? What's it was worth the price of admission just for this. <coughs> so, right, by the way, we always say, oh, this is this modern thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, leitmotif. Oh, you know, 20th century Bible study. Rashi noticed this, right? The first Rashi that we saw said, he's sleeping, that, hey, Hayidiya points me someplace. And, of course, we have to agree with Rashi. So the question is, where exactly is this Bam Makom pointing us to? And um, it's pointing us to the Mikdash, which is, of course, why Chazal move in this direction. And I will prove this to you by um, uh, singing a brief song. <coughs> oh, we sing this all Friday night, so feel free, just join in. Oh, so thank you. So you know the words. So it says, and the interesting thing is that this very same is Martilim doesn't only appear in. Tehillim, but it actually appears when it was sung, that in 1 Chronicles, that is the Vreha Aleph, Perek Ted Zayin Pasokav Zayin, or this Perek in general, describes the Mikdash being inaugurated by... I thought by, by, hmm, I thought by David, but you, you look it up. In any case, um, we, ha- we have the same Esmer that we're familiar with. now appears not as a separate story, but right there in the story where it happens. And um, you'll look at through the psukim, and you'll see that the psukim are the same psukim that you know from Tehillim, uh, by and large, except that here and there, there are, all, there are alternative readings. So, um, we'll try that same posse again. Ah, so we see that the word makom and the word mikdash, when put in context properly, actually are identical. Um, having said that, let's so uh, let's go to the psukim and chumash, which actually talk about the mikdash being. Built, being prepared. In Chumash, obviously, we don't have a Beit HaMikdash. We have a Mishkan, but that Mishkan doesn't have a place. It travels. So you can't talk about the Makom HaMishkan in that sense. Um, so we're going to look and say for Dvarim uh, uh, the, at the beginning of uh, Parshat Re'eh. And at the beginning of Parshat Re'eh, first we'll look at it, first we'll read through it with the English. Um, It's chapter 12, Dvarim uh, Yudbet, and we're going to start with Pasuk Vav. It's the beginning of of Parshat Re'eh, but it's not the very, very, it's not the first Pasuk. It's a few Pasukim in. Again, Perak Yudbet, um, Pasuk Vav. 12.6. And we're being told about the laws. Moshe, this is, uh, we're, we're, we're starting, par- Safer, hmm? no? It's Pasuk? Aleph. I apologize. Pasuk Aleph. One. The one looked like above to me and my, my resolution isn't very good either. In any case, so we are we are um, uh, this week in Parsh Yot we're starting, we're going to hear Moshe deliver a, a speech to the uh, Ta'am Israel, literally at the end of his life, and he includes many, many, many psukir, many, 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 many mitzvot that um, one would assume he received earlier, but there was no reason to tell the people at that time because they weren't no ma'aseh. No one was going to fill those and fulfill those mitzvot in the Midbar, in the desert, they only were going to fulfill them when they got to Eretz Yisrael. So here we have many, many mitzvot that Moshe describes, and many of them have to do with things taking place in the Beit HaMikdash. So these are the laws and rules that you must carefully observe in the land that that God has given, given you to possess as long as you live. First of all, you have to destroy the mikomot, the plural mikomot, the places that um, um, where foreign guards were worshipped. Those, that, that place. Which here probably means Eretz Yisrael, that place where they worship their gods, you have to totally destroy their gods. God, on the other hand, our God, your God, isn't treated like, like, like that. And here we pick it up. <clears throat> you should go and search out God. In Hamakom Asher Yivchar Hashem, in that place that God chooses, and you should bring sacrifices there. In the next pasuk, um, and you should um, you should eat of eat from those sacrifices, and you should enjoy enjoy living there. And here in the desert, people do whatever they want. Because you, we haven't yet come to the menucha and the nachalah. We haven't come to, the English says, the allotted haven, which God has given you. You'll settle there, you'll be comfortable. Once that place that God chooses will be available to you, then that's where you're going to bring your sacrifices, all of the things that I've commanded you. Um, We'll skip a pasuk or two. Pasuk 14. Um, now that we've read the pesukim and translated them, let's go back to to that to that uh, neat tool that we I mentioned before. Again, the uh, the Tanach in in alhatarah.org. This time, the word uh, hamakom. Uh, isn't number one, but uh, if you see it again, we have Hamakomot, which belongs to the to, to the non Jews, but we have as well uh, the word Bamakom, Hamakom, over and over and over again. Um, you, you like statistics? Seven times more than in the rest of Sefer Dvarim, 13 times more than in the rest of Tanakh, if that does anything for you. Okay, in any case, so here clearly we are looking for this hamakom, this special place where, um, where uh, God is going to choose to, uh, to, uh, to, to have his place in the future. How is, does that translate? In other words, God says, makom hasher yivchar Hashem, God's going to choose this place. How did that happen? Um, Let's take, um, we're going to move out of, say, uh, uh, to, to Parshat Shoftim, which is one parsha further. We're talking now, Devarim um, Yudzayin, just a couple of, just turn, turn a page or two, Yudzayin Pasuk Chet. Where uh, we learn that the, the Makom, I should say, the Makom Asher Yivchar Hashem Elkech Lashakene Shmo God, the place where God is going to choose to put his name, that place is going to serve aside from bringing sacrifices there um, that's going to serve another purpose as well if you've ever had a disagreement with someone that has to go to court and so you should come to Hamakom, you come to Hamakom Hashem L'Gevul, Uvatel Akwanim V'LaShof V'LaShofet Hashem Yabayim Emahem V'Darashta and you turn to the to the judges and to the sages there who will who will answer your needs. Um, the Gemara over here will show you again. This is Sfaria. You, you click on the pasuk, you get a list of possible peirushim mishnah. Uh, we're going to take a click on Talmud and. Since I looked at this beforehand, I know to go to Zvachim. Okay? So here, and um, by the way, the um, Safariah now has the uh, William Davidson uh, Talmud. So you get it in English as well. Uh, the William Davidson Talmud is, is it, here it's called that, in, in in the regular print edition, it's the, the Koran Steinsalz Talmud. Uh, aside from being coordinator of the Yemei in English, I also uh, we just finished the projects. So I was senior content editor um, for that particular project. And let's see the uh, let's see what the uh, the Gemara in says <coughs> about this pasuk. Okay, uh, this should be on your on your sheets. Yeah, it's, it's on the same page, on the second page, the same page with the uh, <coughs> with Rav Meidan's uh, ladder. right underneath it. We have Dorash Rava. Sorry, I didn't give you the English. Maybe I should have only given you the English on the handout. Rava, Um Rava taught. My Dichtiv, what's that Pasuk say Sefer, Shmuel? Uh, um, Safari works the other way also. You see, if I click on this now, I would get back to the Pasuk and Shmuel. We're not going to do it now, but you can try it at home. my Dichtiv, Vayelak Davidu Shmuel, the Pasuk in Shmuel says, it's actually is a combination of two Psukim, um, that David, King David, and Shmuel, the prophet who anointed him, um, went and sat in Nayot in Rama. What connection is there between these two places? There, we know where Nayot is, we know where Rama is, and they aren't in the, they aren't in the same area. Allah Shayu Yoshvim They were um, sitting in Ramah. Ramah happens to be the place, the city where Shmuel lived. And they were dealing with Nuyo Shel Olam, Um, says the uh, translation. They were involved in discussing the beauty of the world. The the word Noi means the beauty of the world. In other words, they were talking about the Beit HaMikdash. Amri, they took took a look at the Pasuk that we we just saw. Whoops. Let's close that, sorry. It doesn't just say you should go there. It says, Kamta, you should get up, alita, and you should make Aliyah to the place, to that place. That teaches me that the place of the Beit HaMikdash should be in the highest spot in Israel. Okay, it's not in Gush Etzion. I know you were all hoping. Well, we are one of the highest places in Israel. So David and Shmuel sat there and said that based on this pasuk, it has to be a high place. Um, so it should be a high place in Eretz Yisrael, and we know that uh, on some level, maybe spiritually, Eretz Yisrael is in the highest place in the world. I too say for Yehoshua. So they pulled out. Uh, say for Yehoshua. They brought their Tanakhim with them also. B'kul yeah. wherever it talks about the different gvulot, the different boundaries between the tribes, it says vi'arad, mm-hmm. v'ta'ar that the boundary would go down, the boundary would go up, the boundary would be set. B'shev bidyamim, va'alak vi'arad lok The word vi'arad doesn't appear. Amri sh'ma mina, it must be in Shevet Binyamin, because the psukim all say, you go up. Ah, so that must be the highest place in Eretz Yisrael. Savor lemnivia be'en Eitam. They thought about building it in the part of Jerusalem, or of, of uh, Shevet Binyamin, that was the highest part. Ain um, Eitam is identified more or less with the Tachanamer Kazit is um, on the, the exit of the city. So that's Ein Etam, the midli, because that's the highest part. Amri, <coughs> Khalil. Let's bring it down, down a little bit. That the Pasuk in Sefer Dvarim at the end, in the Brachot, says, Um Right? We all have ktefayim, we all have shoulders. So there's something in between our shoulders, but it means that the Beit HaMikdash itself is going to be on a slightly lower plane than the things around it, than the, the, the shoulders around it. Um, in other words, there are going to be mountains surrounding the Makam HaMikdash. Um, that deserves a picture, and I put that picture as a background here in this Trello thing. So uh, here you see the the, the, the Malchamah Mikdash. This picture clearly was taken from um, a higher point, right? You see the Malchamah Mikdash, which today has the um, um, has the the golden dome on it. So this is taken from a higher point. It wasn't taken from a drone. I assume it was taken from uh, Har Hazetim, and you see that the rest of the city is higher than that. Certainly, the Jewish quarter is higher than that. If anything, it was, used to be much lower. We all know when we go to the to, to hotel the, to the we know that there is a support wall and that everything behind the support wall used to be much, much lower. Um, so, okay, so we have here um, uh, uh, David and Shmuel and they go and they're searching for the place and they find it. Um, and uh, this is the place. We know this is the place. Uh, we're not going to sing this one, but we do say this in our davening on uh, on Shabbat morning. Hallelujah, Shem Hashem, Hallelu Abba Hashem, Shem Shamim, Bevet Hashem, Bechatzroed Beit Elokeinu. Okay, this is a a mizmor that was said in in the Makom Hamikdash, and it closes with Baruch Adonai Mitzion Sholchein Yerushalayim Hallelujah. The hillim is written, the Beit HaMikdash is standing, that's where we call out and uh, we celebrate God. Okay, wonderful. So we have found HaMakom. And now on some level, we might recognize why Chazal were disturbed. That HaMakom, BaMakom, HaMakom, BaMakom is elsewhere. It has to be the MaKom HaMikdash. Because the MaKom HaMikdash is HaMakom Asher Yivchar Hashem. And therefore, somehow, we have to reconcile this. That um, uh, is is, uh, probably why, I think perhaps even more than Rav Meidan's argument that it was uh, the the promise that it was going to be a mizbeach long term, I think that the the language um, likely is what drives Chazal to try to to, to change the placement. Um, I would like to suggest something a little bit different. Um, and recognize that there is an intrinsic difficulty with placing Hashra'at shchina in a place. And uh, I'm not the one who suggests this, but when the Mikdash itself was being built, that's what Shlomo HaMalech says. Let's go to the Pesukim. We're in Malachim Aleph, Chet, pasuk tetvav, Malachim, uh, chapter eight, uh, pasuk fifteen. And if you're familiar with Sefer Malachim, you know that we've already had a whole perek describing the grandeur, the the beauty of the Beit Hamikdash. So Shlomo, Shlomo Hamelch builds it, and here he at the end he makes a, a major uh, speech and proclamation and tfilat to God to talk about what the Makma Mikdash should represent. et Kol Everyone is standing there and the king, that is King Shlomo, is going to is going to address them. Vayomer um, fifteen. We are Parakat pasuk Tetvav, eight fifteen. In Alaf. Aleph. Vayomer Baruch Adonai, He Israel, Shadi Berbefivet, David, Vivu Yadom, Miley, Lemor. Minayom, Sherot, Seti, Atami, Israel, Mimitraim, Lovah, Harti, Beir, Mikolshif, Tahisrael, if not by it, Liot, Shmisham, Vavhar, David, Liot, Alami, Israel. Shlomo says, My father, King David, was chosen to lead the people. And God said, I have never, up and from the time that the Jewish people, that the Israelites leave Egypt until today, I haven't chosen a city where I could rest. My father David, says Shlomo, wanted to build a house for God. We just saw the, the Gemara that talks about him sitting and uh, working it out with, with Shmuel. God said, D- King David, great planning, great thinking. I like I like the, your way of thinking. It's your son who's going to build it. God has kept his promise, and now I have have merited the ability that in my father's stead, I have built up um, a a place. I I put the Aaron here, now we are permanent. He stands in front of everyone, he spreads out his hands, beseeching God, and he says, God, you are the only one in the heavens and in the earth ata shma'tal abda khad david avia tshedi bartolo va tadeber befiha ubiad Hamileta ta you fulfilled your promise Vata ata israel shmar la abda khala david avia shedi bartolo lemarlo yikared lkha isme meufna Sheva israel rakim shu banakha ta kam lahad lfan ulfna so he's saying god please keep your promise I want you to keep your promise that you will be in this house. And here's the post that we've been waiting for. He said how God, um, to quote Robin Williams, all of that awesome power in in an itty-bitty living space. Now, how do you fit? How do you fit God into a small place? You can't do it. How can it be done? But nevertheless, I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you, God, listen to the prayers from this house. Pay attention to us. And what do we expect? El hamakom asher yeshmi sham l'shemal hatvila shayit pala El This is the hammakom asher yivchar Hashem that we've heard about over and over again. Now Shlomo is saying, I don't know how you can possibly fit yourself in here, but you promised that you would do it. V'shamatayel tchinata abdachav amcha Yisrael shayit palu el hammakom hazeh. That hashem that we heard about, I am praying that it should be here. This realization that there is something of a challenge with bringing God into such a into into the physical world, and something that uh, that we hear about elsewhere. Um, Right after Chait Egel, we are now in Shmot. Lamed Gimel, Chaf Aleph. Uh, um, okay? Shmot Lamed Gimel, 3321 in Sefer Shmot. God and Moshe are talking about what, what the future will be and then even after this very 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 close even after this very very close interaction moshe has a request i want even a closer relationship with you god i want to understand you more V'yomer lo tuchal erot it panai, kilo yo'ani ha'adam v'chai, God says, you can't really see me. V'yomer Adonai hinei makom iti v'nitzavta al-hatsur. And he said, somehow you'll have a sense of me. Hinei makom iti, we'll skip over and look at Rashi. Sorry, we'll give you, we'll give you English i have a place to hide you, three lines down in the Rashi, and it should be in your um, in your handouts as well. Al Makom ha makom it, Mikomo. This is the problem. There's no space for God in our world. Our world fits into God. There can be a Hamma Khomashiv yivchar Hashem, but that is very complicated. To borrow a Kabbalistic term, it's Tsimtsum. God some who, who is ba'chol Kvodo, God who fills everything fits into a very, very, very small place in order to respond to our needs. David looks for him. Shmuel looks for him. Moshe looks for him. Sh- Shlomo looks for him. Our need always is to look for God to find the place. But God, of course, is well beyond that. Um, I think that not only... Did David and Shmuel and Shlomo and Moshe search for God? We search for God on a regular basis. We really do this every day, but it's clearer once, it's clearer once a week. Um, this is on your handout too, but I imagine that many of you know it by heart from Tefillah. In our davening, we borrow certain terminology from the angels because we don't know how to express things well. So, for example, on Shabbat morning, in the kedusha that we say, we say, we want to st- assert God's holiness the way it is done in heavens by the angels. Where is God? From the angel's perspective, God doesn't have a place, a, a, a physical place, right? He's everywhere. And then we take the next step. This is a pasuk not from Yeshayel, This is a pasuk from Yechezkel. Yeshayel the, 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 the Mikdash is standing. By Yechezkel's time, the Mikdash is still standing, but the Jews are already in Galut. And Yechezkel Yehez, is a navi to the Gola. He's a navi to the diaspora. And, and the what he hears the angel saying baruch Hashem And what do we say? When we say that in davening, that God, God from his makom, that's the, the, the holiness that we want, let's hear what we say. Let's pay attention as opposed to Shabbos morning where we're usually you know, thinking about... No, it's, it's not Shachr, it's not Muslim, we're not thinking about Kiddush yet. Um, we're thinking about the Parsha, right? So um, what do we say? We who live in Galut, who don't have a Beit HaMikdash. Some of us live in Eretz Yisrael, We don't have a Beit HaMikdash. We say, We're waiting for you, God. timloch We want you in a place. We want you in a, pla- at a place that we can interact with you. Very, very soon. We want it to happen now. We're looking forward to you returning to your place um, Now we quote a in Hallelujah. We search for God too. We also want to find God's makom. We want God to return to His makom. That pasuk in um, in Yechezkel, we'll see the pasuk in uh, in context. That pasuk in Yechezkel, Yechezkel Vatisaini ruach Vashmacharai harai kol rash gadol. I hear the the, the angels talking. Baruch vod Hashem Komo, It is likely that that Baruch vod Hashem Komo which Yechezkel says as a navi already in the, in the waning days of the Mikdash, stands in contrast with the pasuk that we saw it in Tehillim, of Koflam and Hei, Baruch Hashem mitzion, sholchem yishalayim ha Now it's Baruch Hashem mimkomo. Now we tr- tried to suggest before that Makom was perhaps synonymous with Mikdash. But we have to recognize that God's Makom is something that might have a physical manifestation some of the time but really God is well beyond the physical manifestation that we try to impose on him Um, so for example in the Apostolk in Yechezkel the Malbim which I have here on the side Baruch Barashemim Komo, it's in your, they have that also. Ratzel Omar, Hagam Shi Issalei Kakavod Mi Beit HaMikdash. Even if God is no longer the Beit HaMikdash, Va Bracha Va Shefa, Loterei Kisham Tiva Hashemet HaBrachat Atta, hu Humakar HaBracha, Ubim Komo Asher sham. That yes, we prefer to get God's Bracha through the Beit HaMikdash. But even if there's no Beit HaMikdash, still, Baruch Kvod Hashem, Mimkomo. And here we have the tension between God being in a place, which is what we want, and the reality that God is beyond place. Perhaps with Yaakov Avinu, a, a truly religious person is always on the search for God. But we all know that there are moments in life moments of challenges, moments of euphoria perhaps, which are the moments that we really try to connect with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Perhaps Yaakov Avinu, who has just embarked, he's left his parents' house, he's embarked on a travel which will lead to the creation of Am Yisrael, to marriage, to children, to Shvatim. That's the time that he connects with Hamakom. Until that time, perhaps he thought that, where is Hashra'achina? Where is God? Maybe on Maria, Maybe with his father, the Tzaddik. But now he's on his own in a different place. And yet, Yaakov Avinu at that moment needs God and finds God. We all hope, pray, desire that the Beit HaMikdash will be rebuilt and that God will once again be do that simtsum, and offer us a Makom in Yerushalayim. But until then, even those people in Dambyei in their search for the Kanish Baruch who plaster on their Beit Knesset as a Beit Elohim Yehi is <laughs> that really the Kaddish Baruch will return <laughs> his Shechina to the Makom HaMikdash and we will be Zoha to that Bimhe Rabbi Amenu.